Hi, I'm Ida. And I'm Sam. And welcome back to our podcast, Over a Cup, where this time we bring in not one, but two special guests and engage with them to gain more experience, perspective, and to have a little fun. Today's first guest is a 12th grade biology enthusiast who likes good books and peanut butter. He is the co-founder of Carpedium Chronicles, which is an adventure student-run magazine and self-proclaimed voice of the school. Welcome, Arya Murthy. Our hey, second hey, guest. Our second guest is a 12th grader who enjoys economics, linguistics, and passed her cap library limit. Uh, she is the founder of Juxtapost Magazine, which is an independent student-run magazine for young adults. Welcome, Tanvi Gorthy. Hello. Hi. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks, guys. So we um, run a student-run uh, magazine, which is affiliated with our school. Tanvi runs her own independent thing, and you run something with your school, so quite a bit of variety here. And um, so we'll be asking you guys some questions that will be uh, like particular to you guys, like it'll be specific to you guys. And some questions will be um, open to you both, so there'll be a bit of perspective on them. Sure. Sure. So okay. as an icebreaker, I'll ask the, a few questions like, what are the pros and cons of running a magazine? Um, the pro of running it is that I get to do whatever I want with it. <laughs> um, I think it's a lot of fun, especially to have your own medium in which you can experiment. To run a magazine is to have sort of free reign with language and art and to have a medium to publish it on. And so that's definitely, for me, the biggest pro. And I love my team. I love working with them. I love like the creative stuff that we do. That's the pro. I think my con is definitely um, the amount of like technical work that goes on in the background, the scheduling, the um, it's a lot more complicated than you realize when you started, especially when I started it first month, I thought this is going to be a breeze. And then as it, things begin to take up uh, space, as you begin to decide to do this or expand or take up creative ventures in a different direction, obviously they come with their own like technical scheduling aspects, all of that becomes very complicated, but I think it's worth it. I think for me, the pro would be similar. Uh, I, I really love how much exposure it gives you, like just receiving all of these various different submissions from across the student body of our school and teachers writing back to you with their own inputs on what they think should be done or their ideas of where the magazine should be taken. It really lets you interact with a really wide variety of people. And you get a lot of insights, you get a lot of interesting thoughts, opinions, stories, editorials. And during the pandemic where you're sort of boxed into your own home, you're sort of doing your own thing, you're not really interacting with anyone except your family sometimes, it's great to have that exposure, just to remind you that there's a world out there of people who think differently than you do and have these really unique thoughts and really unique things to say. Um, con would be, yeah, similar to Tanvi, a lot of logistics, a lot of planning, there's a lot of um, organizing that goes into it. It's not as easy as we thought it would be in the beginning, but I think it's definitely worth it. Thank you. So uh, what's in your cup today? Um, I've got a pina, I've got a virgin pina colada. So that's pineapple juice and coconut cream. I have um, uplifting green tea with lemongrass in it. Uplifting. Uh, that's what it says in the packet, yes. <laughs> Do you feel uplifted? 
not particularly. I don't, I don't quite <laughs> like this. <laughs> it kind of just tastes like leaf water. Have you ever had green tea before? I have, and I've never particularly liked it. I mean, when you started off, was there any backlash you faced, whether it was from students or from your readers or your community, teachers, family, just anyone? Was there any sort of backlash you received? Tanvi, um, you want to go first? Sure. Um, I wouldn't say backlash as much as I would say like disagreements um, on the way that certain things should happen juxtaposes independent so obviously when I started it was like just me I picked the team and then I picked the way that it would be structured and then from there we moved and then we like as a team we decided where to go with things so I wouldn't necessarily say backlash just because I wasn't connected to a certain body um that like had the means to come to me and say okay well you're doing this wrong and this wrong and this wrong um Obviously, when you're working with a team, there's bound to be disagreements. But I think those disagreements, especially for juxtaposed, were a necessary part of getting it to where it is right now. You have to disagree on like format, and you have to disagree on aesthetic, and you have to disagree on these things for them to go somewhere. Because if you don't disagree, then you're, you're never developing, you're never growing. And to grow as a creative, you need to disagree with certain areas. Backlash. Mm, I guess my dad and I disagreed on the way that like the magazine would be set up because my dad was paying for the website and he was investing money into it. Um, but I wouldn't say that was backlash. Again, just like creative disagreement. So no, no backlash. I think same over here. That's nice. Um, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay. I think it's same thing over here. Not any backlash specifically. CDC is a bit different, it sounds like, from Juxtapost, from Juxtapost, because CDC started as a much less organized, much more amorphous thing. It was a group of us that got together, and then there's a group of us with a vision, per se, and then we sort of got together and tried to make things work out. So really, the conflict only came in later on when we were planning the specifics. So especially in the beginning, there was no backlash. Everyone loves the idea of a voice of the students. Um, disagreements, as Tanvi said, came in later with like how it'd be organized, who would do what. But in the beginning, no, no backlash. So um, as I was saying that um, when uh, when you started off, were there people who, you know, came up to you, your um, anyone in your circle who told you that it's a student magazine, it won't work out, that yeah. student magazines don't hold the same value as normal magazines do? For me, I think the idea behind starting them student magazine was getting it to a point where it would then hold the same power that a normal magazine would. And so that's, I think the reason I started it was because I was so annoyed at the idea that student magazines don't hold as much power as like the New Yorker does. And that's actually the reason I started it. So obviously, you know, you cut, you are always met with these ideas of like student magazines don't hold the same power because nobody wants to listen to teenagers, but that's why you give them a platform. And you say, we'll listen to you here and we'll make sure that you are then listened to by other people. And that's the idea. So irrelevant of people telling you that this is what's going to happen, you kind of have to do it. And what about you, Arya? Um, again, I don't think we ever specifically, or at least on my end, I don't think I specifically faced any sentiments that, oh, this is student run magazine, it won't get off the ground. I think I was actually quite happy with the amount of engagement that I got for this because 
in my experience, I don't believe this is the only student-run publication that we've done. I think other people in my school have published articles, published editorials in various other student-run magazines. And I think we're seeing a lot of student-run magazines cropping up right now after the pandemic. Yeah. And that's sort of that's a testament, I guess, to how much more engaged today's teenagers are with like relevant issues or just with discussing, presenting their creative, cre- presenting their creativity. I don't know. I, I was I was quite heartened by how by how much positive response I had. Yeah, bringing in like my side of view when we started TGP um, back in like uh, May, it was supposed like no March. It was supposed to be like a normal, uh, you know, in real life, a hard copy magazine that would have like six sides and it was going to be like a standard school thing. And uh, back then, no one believed us. Like everyone genuinely thought this would not work out. But then I do think that the online platform did get more support than the hard copy did. So do you think there is some merit that lies in like the online version? Oh, for sure, I think. Um, I guess today's youth, again, not to sound like an old person, but today's youth is very familiar with the online environment. And I guess this pandemic has shown us that there are a lot of advantages the online environment has over physical, like the physical environment. Like with online, one, there's no paper wastage. There's no logistical issues of publishing and all of that. It's just posted online. People visit the site. Um, it's also con- correspondence is very convenient, getting people to know what you're doing and getting your magazine publicized. It can all be done over social media. I guess really online, the online platform just brings in convenience, which is paramount when you want people to give their opinions, to give their insights. Um, and I, I, I guess, again, once the pandemic started, a lot of this, a lot of these sort of student-run magazines have cropped up, and I think that's mainly because people are starting to realize now how convenient the online platform is. Um, we started during the pandemic, so we started online. We didn't ever even have a print publication, um, and I think whenever I had, I had envisioned like starting a magazine over the years, and it always kind of like came to me in the way of like a, a published like print, something that you could hold in your hands. Um, but I really like the medium just because uh, of sort of the way that you can bring people to do more with the medium. We've been experimenting with like putting music onto the site as you read for like a like a fuller ex- like an, a fuller experience. So it doesn't necessarily just have to be like print or literature anymore because as an online medium, you can have video and you can have. Um, like gifts like for our newest we were trying something new with the magazine for our newest uh, edition the title the title is a gif it it like explodes into these like red flowers and yeah yeah. so it's easier to play around I I think I always sort of had like a way of approaching it because I didn't want to have it Mm -hmm. because I was worried that the uh, visual aspect of it wouldn't come off as clean but I like it because you're able to sort of play around with different mediums in a different way. Um, and as Arya said, the logistical aspect also does become easier. It's much, much easier. You don't have to worry about print. You don't have to worry about the cost of print or, you know, quality or paper. It's all, and correspondence becomes easier. That's all a lot easier. But I do think um, there are certain things about print that you also can't like escape. Like there are certain, the, the certain charm of print to have a magazine and to, you know, bookmark pages and to have like pictures and glossy pages. I think that's a charm that you can't escape. But I think 
um, I'd like to explore that avenue along with the online magazine to not take away from either of them. Yeah. So do you think you've over the months gained some sort of trust among your audience? Especially because you know, because you know, as we discussed initially, they're spe uh, skeptical about um, how a student-run magazine would be. So, do you think now they trust you more? Um, how is that, um, you know, interaction being with your audience? For us, especially um, since that, since we're independent and student-run, I think a lot of the times um, it can be difficult to expect anything of an independent student-run magazine because you don't see any accountable figures you only see these like at least for us we're a team of five and you just see these like five people who are just like yeah we're gonna run a magazine and you know you just start putting things out there and so it can be difficult to expect anything at all you can anything of quality but yeah i think we've definitely gained trust from our audience and the way that that sort of developed for us is we finally sort of decided to play with our art and the way that we um, experiment with the visuals and the way that we present our content. Now that we've um, established that we publish good content and uh, content that's varied and content that's there's something a little bit of something for everybody, we're able to sort of ex experiment with the mediums in which they're presented in a way that's productive so that, you know, while the content doesn't change and you're still enjoying the content, you're able to give us feedback on the way that you want to be consuming your content. Mm -hmm. And so that's definitely a way that that's, um, you know, trust has changed for us. I think with our magazine, Carpe Diem Chronicles, the first issue really kicked everything off. I think until the first issue, people didn't really know what it was. People thought it was just another, just a random initiative that people had started because they were bored. Um, people didn't really know what it was, and most of the submissions we got were either submissions we had written ourselves or submissions that we had specifically asked people to write for us. But after the first issue, we really saw an explosion in the number of submissions we were getting in and the sort of people who were sending in submissions, because once, you act, once they actually saw that there's something out there, that these all these submissions are being put together, that they're going to have a platform, there was more engagement. There was more engagement from the students. and. Our magazine, I think, isn't as independent as Juxtaposed. Um, it's editorially independent, but everything that we put we put through is approved by our school faculty because it does have Inventure's name on it. So after this teacher sort of gained trust in the magazine and realized that we're actually going to be putting all the stuff out, we got a lot of teachers referring students to us and teachers collecting submissions from students on various initiatives that they started or guest lectures they organized and then sending those submissions to us. So I guess once the audience realizes that the magazine is going to del deliver something, there's a lot of engagement, or at least there was for us. So I think for us, the benefit is that we don't have any approval. I'm, you know, I'm one 16 year old and I'm the only person who approves all of the content. You know, every, all of my editors go through, but I am the only person who has to, at the end of the day, sit down and be like, yeah, this can go out and this can't. And so we get a lot of, you know, like things that um, in other avenues, may not have been acceptable you know we get some like gory content that may not have gotten published because it's you know it's like darker but i i think a lot of the the idea behind yeah. juxtaposed was that we're not gonna we're not gonna make you not do that right because like just because you write like content that's not necessarily like safe for work or content that's not necessarily things that people expect to be writing of you when you're like 14 15 
um, doesn't mean that like the content that you're writing is bad. And so, no, that, yeah, sorry, please. Go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 that's like my, <laughs> my train of thought. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I, there are so many times that I really wish Carpe Diem Chronicles was independent like that. Like, I wish that we had the sort of freedom to just go through the whole thing without the red tape. Um, mm -hmm. Because really collaborating with the school brings in a lot of bureaucracy. It just brings in more collaboration, which just makes things a little bit slower. But I also sort of like the way we work alongside the school faculty because it does give us more visibility, especially within the school community. For sure, we had to yeah. start like rock bottom with our visibility. We had yeah. zero. Yeah. So I think that's definitely something that you had that we didn't. But yeah. also there's zero bureaucracy. Right. Like our whole thing is run through like a singular WhatsApp group that's never actually been called the magazine's name. The WhatsApp group is never actually called Juxtapost Mag. And nobody, so the idea is like, while there's zero bureaucracy, I think there's like benefits and downsides to both. Okay. I think sure. the independence is really nice because yeah. uh, I have this one contributor whose submissions I really, really like. I love them. They're, they're, they're dark and they're gory and they're a little bit gross and they've got um like it's swear words galore i have um, to read this guy what's his name um uh, I, can i send it to you over text i don't necessarily yeah, sure, sure, want sure. to mention contributors separately ah, no, 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 no. um but um i love i love the submissions that um yeah. they send me every single month and all of my editors love the submissions and we've never once had to say no but I know I did run my school's magazine for a couple of months, and I know that if I had ever tried to publish that within my school magazine, it would not have gone well. <laughs> so I appreciate that sort of like freedom mm -hmm. where I'm literally able to do whatever I want. And mm -hmm. it comes out as a very pure form of expression. It's undiluted in the sense where even our art is is like aggressive and loud and that's fine because it's a very undiluted expression of you know young adulthood and what it means to be angry all the time very often a lot of the time um you know it, it's very like boring because it's not angry enough and you want to see that other people are angry too yeah. and so that's something that i like we were yeah, able to get political great. as well that's great um so, okay um, all Sorry, you were saying something. I just, I just gonna, yeah, I just want to say full credit to my school, though. They've been pretty good with censorship. Like, aside from one article, they haven't censored anything outright. Mm -hmm. But I do get I do get your point, because mm -hmm. I think just the very fact that it is a school-recognized magazine lends a little bit more, I guess it makes a little more official, which, yeah, we don't really get to anything super gory, anything super angsty, per se. I think you're, so, see, the, the appeal, I think, between both of them is different, right? Maybe because yeah. one is more recognized within a school. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to be recognized by your peers, yeah, then you, yeah, yeah, but yeah. versus that juxtapose, you have this piece that you've tried to get published like 50, 100 times, mm -hmm. and you can't because nobody cares for it. Mm -hmm. And we'll put it into something for you. Difference between like mainstream media and independent mm -hmm. media, mm -hmm. sort of. Very indie, like, you know, yeah, it, yeah. it's like a blockbuster versus a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They attract different audiences. I get that. I get that. So, um, Arya, given that this is kind of like a free space, which articles did you want to write that you could not write because of censorship, because of school? Okay. The one article that a student had submitted that we couldn't publish was an article on China. It was like on the trade war between India and China. And <clears throat> someone in our school's management team, for 
understandable reasons, I think, because our school has been called out on their political stances in the past. So someone in the school management team say, said, listen, this is too contentious of an issue right now. Don't publish this anytime soon. So we had to pull that one issue from the magazine. Other Actually, that, we also did have to pull, yeah. pull out China. Um, uh, we, the, I think with the independence comes our own safety. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're not being protected by any school names. So while we're able to um, publish certain content, there's content that I cannot approve for my own editor's safety. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I can't, death threats or something that'll shut us yeah, down. Yeah. So. Yeah. It is scary. Uh, it's an article like the amount of. Controversial, yeah. you know, it against the police. And while writing it, yeah. To see UAPS lips being smashed and slapped and you know bashed people left so right and yeah it was kind of scary because you're writing against the government and it could be slapped on you anytime and if you get slapped with a UAPS lip you're pretty much screwed I think yeah I think that because I think for like both kinds school magazines and like non-school magazines irrelevant of how well an article is written sometimes you just kind of sit down and you're like I like for like safety reasons for yeah. non-censorship related reasons for just like our own health and physical safety. Mm-hmm. I did have to pull that. Uh, we also got a China trade war uh, article, which I did have to pull. And it's scary these days because it's not just the government. There's also a lot of independent trolls. Like you remember the, the Tanishk ad? Like, yeah. yeah. Completely unassuming ad that was just pulled, I guess, because people found an issue with it. And turn of events, Amit Shah actually called out on his own bucks and told him, what is with the use of this, yeah. you know, boycotting, yeah. with your boycotting. Yeah. I think, yeah, no, I think that, like, getting a good night of sleep that night. <laughs> and but, people get angry about everything. Everything. Yeah. I mean, so, they get angry about the wrong yeah. things. To better I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not in a place to be like, oh, well, what you're angry about is wrong. Because I'm angry about plenty of things that people may not be angry about. But like from but like there are things that are like on spectrums of anger that you don't want to touch. Yeah. And one of those, you know, like I I would never publish an India Pakistan piece. That's not something that I like. I like hard limits that you draw for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like our mag isn't like non-political. You know, we have a a massive. I don't think Black Lives Matter should be a political idea. But we have a massive, just like Black Lives Matter banner on our website. And we're very loud about it. You know, we've got posts on the Instagram. We've got, you know, documents that are linked. And those are things that we're loud about. You know, if I was allowed, I'm not not allowed, but our primary viewership isn't um, United in the United States. But I would be loud about, you know, Trump versus Biden and who I want to win as well. And these are you know, things that I get to choose to be loud about, but there are some things that you just don't touch. I mean, right now in this given day and age, we have the privilege to support things like LGBT and like BLM and get away with it and not have it affect our, you know, our views and not have it affect our reputation. But there was a time where if you even show the slightest bit of support, people would bash you for it. They'd be like, why are you bringing your political views into this? Or they just wouldn't appreciate it. Yeah, and I... I mean, like for me, a lot of these things aren't political. They shouldn't be political. They shouldn't be. Right? Like, like I don't think my support for BLM or we did, um, Juxtapod did a, a podcast episode that was straight up just like an hour and a half of LGBTQ plus like rights and how to support the community. Um, 
these aren't political things to us. You know, these are basic things that people should be granted. These aren't things that we should be thinking about or having to think about. Um, But yeah, you're right. Like people get mad, people get scared and people get, and people distance themselves from ideas like that. But also um, sort of fun. Then this sounds completely wrong. But what I'm trying to say is that um, often plainly written articles just aren't enough fun to read. So you need the opinions. You need that extra juicy bit for the the writer's voice to reflect. It's just freedom of speech, isn't it? Our magazine's been completely liberal with that. And that's what what scares me very often because we end up up, uh, publishing uh, really controversial stuff. Yeah. Mm. I I think, I mean, attention economy, right? You want that. You want that one article that people are like, how how could he have written that? How could they have published a piece that that was that aggressive? Um, But, you know, at least for Juxtaposed, we're currently a team of like five. We're five women all of us are underage. We have zero adults behind the scenes. It's just us. I run the finances. I run the magazine itself. I run the content, the website. Everything is us. There's not a single adult involved. And that becomes complicated because there's no litigation aspect for us either. There's no guaranteed protection. And so as much as I want that juicy piece, as much as I wanted to publish that China trade war article, sometimes like from a litigation viewpoint, from me having to say, I can't publish this piece because if I do, I'm putting people in like literal danger and there's nothing I can do to protect them. Yeah. So censorship is an issue then, clearly. We've all censored ourselves um, somewhere or the other refrain from writing certain words or using um, certain dark material. Um, So how do you draw that line then? How do you decide that this is something, because you also want to let the writers truly express themselves, right? You don't want to completely restrict them. So how do you figure that area out? It's it's a black and white. Yeah, it's almost case by case for us. Um, there are certain things that I won't ever censor. Um, um, I think, again, very case by case, I swear words while we, you know, keep them to a minimum, we won't entirely take out a swear word, we'll only put like an asterisk into the word itself, Mm -hmm. right? So the word isn't gone, you you still have the the essence. or, you know, we don't, we don't draw the line at, you know, gory material, we just put like a warning over it. Um, those are things that we'll do. I think the reason that sometimes we do have to draw very, very distinct lines, again, would only be the only time when I would completely say that I cannot publish an article at all, instead of just taking like a singular line out of it, would be safety issues, physical safety issues where you know you could put somebody's like well-being in danger um but frequently instead of censorship what we'll do is we might um make the article anonymous or um we might choose to like cut down on certain lines or certain sentiments 
What I try to do with the magazine, though, is when I'm approving pieces and when I'm approving things, I try not to take away through the content of the words that are being said, just because, you know, as an editor, my job is not to portray my own like sentiments or to bring out something that I probably want. Instead, yeah. my job is merely to correct it so that it's clean and polished and so that I can put on the website. And largely, in my opinion, that involves only grammar. <laughs> yeah. Very often. And like style. So I don't like to mess with words. Yeah, I, I don't like to mess with white people's words. People choose words in order to express a certain sentiment. Everything that I'm saying is very carefully crafted. Mm-hmm. And the sentiment behind it is directly reflected in the words that I'm using. So I don't like to change people's words. But if I have to, that's the only thing that I'll do. Um, the only time I'll pull an article is, again, safety issues. Okay. What about you, Arya? How do you navigate it with the yeah. bureaucratic aspect of, you know, being attached to school? Exactly. I think I would draw the line a lot more stringently than Tanvi would. Um, mm-hmm. I think our magazine, for one, would not publish swear words because... This is a magazine that features submissions from the primary school group. Like, this is being read by all of them, pretty much, or if not all, a good number of school teachers in our school, as well as a good number of primary students. So we wouldn't include swear words at all. I don't think we would include anything that might be considered inflammatory content. We don't shy away from political content, but we try not to express anything like anything that features personal attacks, I suppose, or anything that features anything that directly targets a certain group or a certain demographic. And this could be on either side of the, of the political spectrum. So we've seen, we've sent a lot of articles that criticize certain politi- political ideologies, but never anything that's directed against specific people. Because the unfortunate fact of us being a school-affiliated magazine is we have a much, we have a fairly wide audience that's not just young adults and teenagers. It's primary students, mm-hmm. it's school parents, it's teachers as well. So, oh yeah, that's another thing. We also try to avoid anything that's too critical of the school because at that point, it just brings in like, you know, teacher sentiments, the sentiments of the school management itself. It feels like a personal attack against them and we want to avoid anything that might be taken as a personal attack. Yeah. So this is not to say that there's complete censorship. This is not to say that we don't have political content, because we do. We have a lot of political editorials, but I don't think we would ever include anything too gory, too inflammatory, anything that really pushes the line on that. And it's a little bit unfortunate, but I think that's just a, nece- a necessity that comes with a medium that's publicized to such a large, varied audience. Stay tuned in for the next episode with Juxtaposed and Carpe Diem.